Friendshipping is proud to partner with Multitude for some sweet advertisements or advertisements. This week, Friendshipping is sponsored by Shaker and Spoon. Shaker and Spoon is a subscription cocktail service that helps you learn how to make handcrafted cocktails right at home. Every box comes with enough ingredients to make three different cocktail recipes developed by world-class mixologists. All you need to do is buy one bottle of that month's spirit and you have everything you need to make 12 drinks at home. At just $40 to $50 per month, plus the cost of the bottle, this is a super cost-effective way to enjoy craft cocktails, and you can skip or cancel boxes at any time. Invite some friends over for socially distant drinks at least six feet away from one another, or just class up your nightcaps because it's 2021 and you deserve it. Get $20 off your first Shaker and Spoon box at shakerandspoon.com slash friendshipping. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Making mistakes on each other. Sometimes that's just how you learn. Oh, I hate learning. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen, this week we are answering a question from a person who is in high school. How do you feel about that? I feel old. <laughs> I'm excited, though, man. <laughs> Me like, too. We don't really get to talk to the Zoomies very often, you know? No, we don't. We don't. And they're saving the world. So good for them. I think a lot about my high school experience. And it was like, it was perfectly fine. Like it was, I, I would say my high school experience was exactly fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I think mine was like there were highlights, there were lowlights, you know, I mean, like there were good things, there were bad things. It's just, you know, another part of life. But like, as we're going to talk about in this episode, high school is a place where you put teens into a building and you let them make mistakes on one another until they learn. And uh, the asker this week is just so uh, mental health literate that it makes me excited for the upcoming generation. And we're going to talk a bit about the role of a friend when it comes to therapy. So if, you, if your friend's not getting enough therapy, uh, what do you do? If your friend's not getting any therapy, what do you do? We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what our responsibilities are as being part of one's support network. Speaking of support networks, Jen, we didn't record last week and I missed you a bunch. Tell me about you. <laughs> me too. Yeah, my whole, my whole week was thrown off because we didn't record. It was very strange. I kept losing track of what day it was. But yeah, I, I'm good. I, I feel like this week is good here in Chicago because the weather the weather broke in a big way and like you can actually venture outside even in a, in a t-shirt if you so wanted. Actually, this morning I had a project that I've been putting off for a while because of the weather, but we were able to, to meet to do this project, which involved doing some filming at a restaurant, um, especially outdoors. It's, it's an environmental project that, that involves some restaurants in the city. So we were, uh, I had to meet at this restaurant at 8.30 in the morning. To, no. To, <laughs> I know. To, to get some, to, to start this project. And Trin, the fact that I had to be somewhere dressed, caffeinated, having eaten breakfast and ready to go at 8.30 was stressful because I haven't done it in a year. It's been a year since I've had to be somewhere, like physically be outside the house at a place dressed and like no jammies and like ready to go. I didn't sleep very well last night because I think my brain was interpreting it the same way I interpret like an early morning flight. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Like it's just, it's so, first of all, that sounds downright nightmarish, first of all. Second of all, (laughs) 
<laughs> You're totally right. Like it's because we venture outdoors so much less often when we do. It's like going on a quest, you know? Yeah, it was a big deal. Like I had to be on and I haven't had to be on in outside of like Zoom calls in a long time. When I left, I felt more energized than when I had gotten there because it turns out we are social creatures that do need company and vitamin D and daylight once in a while. But getting there was not like mentally was kind of a hurdle. You know, this this was making me think about I've been seeing a lot of posts and tweets and articles, articles that I haven't read. I'm not going to pretend that I read. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I've been seeing a lot of these comments about we're forgetting how to be normal, et cetera, et cetera. And part of me is like, OK, I, I, I understand what you mean by that. Like, you know, our the way that we lived previous to the pandemic is now a bit foreign to us. However, that's what we mean when we say that. We don't mean we're forgetting how to be normal. What right. we mean is we're forgetting how to interact with one another in the very specific conditions that existed pre-pandemic, you know? So, like, I'm not saying that right now isn't bad, you know? I'm not saying that this is normal or anything like that. It's more just like we were conditioned to certain parameters and then when and I say, you know, and every time I say when the pandemic wraps itself up, I feel very weird about saying those words. because I don't really know what they mean. But when yep. this whole covid thing, like, quote unquote, wraps, wraps itself up, then we will become used to those conditions. You know, like I just um, I don't see us readjusting back to the absolute baseline that we had right before this. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know? Yeah, I, I, I totally get you. I think humans adapt which is something I like about humans. They, they do know how to adapt. We're not going to ever go pr back. Like, we're not going to be able to undo this last year. Like, it will always be the extra year, the lost year, the bad year, the pandemic year. Yeah, I, I guess I agree with that. I just, um, when I think about it, when I think about, like, reemerging from the pandemic, you know, you and I always say, you know, the, the number one thing we're going to need to be is forgiving of one another and being understanding of one another, giving a little bit more benefit of the doubt. We'll be relearning how to be physically around one another. Yeah. You know, we have to be gentle, but we have to be very direct. We have to make our needs known. We'll have to basically retool etiquette when we move forward. And I don't think that that's bad. And I also don't think that that is returning to normal. It's just we are all adapting again, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a good point, Trent, retooling our etiquette. I don't think that's a bad thing either. Like if this get, makes people a little more aware of where they're placing their body in relationship to other people, that sounds fine. If it makes yeah. them more uh, more aware of uh, how they behave in cabs and on trains and where they're putting their hands and, and how their germs or how their how their body impacts other people, that doesn't seem like that. That seems like a, a good a good thing for people to to be more aware of. Right. And it's not like, you know, we're saying like COVID is a good thing or there are benefits even, you know, it's more yeah, just like nah. it's an it's a thing that happened that we adapted to are continually adapting to. And I mean, who can who in the entire world can honestly say I have fully adapted to COVID conditions like no one, <laughs> you know, right, right, it's just right. we'll we will just retool once again. And maybe that's that's like, you know, needlessly optimistic. But that's how I'm feeling today, Jen. I'm feeling pretty optimistic. Thinking about the youths, you know, thinking about the future. Me too. Yep. I'm with you. How are you? How am I? I'm okay. I am doing this weird thing. I think I talked to you before where when I have problems, I ask experts about it instead of like trying to figure it out myself. And it's been going <laughs> really well for me. 
Oh. Uh, did I tell you about my foot? No. What What happened to your foot? <laughs> Let me tell you about my foot and how absolutely boneheaded I have been. Bone, that's funny because we're going to be talking about foot bones. Anyway, okay, so... Jen, as you may know, I have a stationary exercise bike in my home. And as you definitely know, I am very ADHD and it impacts my ability to control exactly where my body goes because I'm not yeah. paying attention, yeah, yeah. you know? So I stub my toe, I would probably say 10 times more often than most people. And when we got this exercise bike, which is big and metal and like heavy, I bumped my left big toe against it, I got, I want to say maybe two or three times a day, like hard, like bad. And I forgot about that because <laughs> I solved that problem by wrapping the bike, like end of the bike that I kept ramming my foot into, I wrapped it in like a towel. So it's softer now. Oh, okay. Problem solved. Moving on. No, problem not solved. Do not move on. My foot continued to hurt for Oh, God, four months after that. And I didn't think anything of it because, again, I'm doing that thing where it's like, well, I don't have COVID, so I'm totally fine. Right. That's what that means. Um, (laughs) Yes. yes. And so uh, finally, my partner, who is much more sensible than me and always has been, uh, suggested that I perhaps go see a foot doctor. And I was like, "Mm, okay. And then I put it off for a few more weeks and then I went. And uh, the foot doctor was like, wow, you really like borked this toe. I'm getting an x-ray done. And he thinks that I actually broke part of my uh, like my toe joint bone at the base of it. And I have to wear shoes and orthotics in the house until until my follow up appointment. So, so it's, this is a tale. This is a tale of two things, you know. One is like, oh gosh, Trin, like please, like take care of yourself and remember that your problems are real problems that can be solved. I'm so sorry. That sounds awful. And I hope you're. I hope you're getting babied. I hope. Are you getting babied? Are you spoiling yourself and your foot? I'm doing. I'm doing okay with it. You know, like so. I. I like. I took my two pairs of like real good gym shoes and people outside of the Midwest. That's what we call sneakers. Yes. Yes. And uh, I like took out the the insoles and then I put in the orthotics and I like washed them and stuff so I can like wear them around the house. And I'm, you know, you know, you know, you know, when you make a small change and it makes you feel so much better that it's a little bit angering that you oh, didn't yeah. do it before. Yep. That's yep. Absolutely. That's that's, uh, that's how I feel lately because we, we bought a my partner and I, we bought a new bed and uh, it's been overdue. And it turns out. A bed is really important because that's where you sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it uh, it's really helped my one of my back problems. I've had I've had some back and neck problems because you know I've been on a computer every single day since I was like 11 years old. So there's a, there's a lot of ways I have to fight that, and one of them is like a, a pretty decent mattress. And I'm mad that I went so long without one. And it's an expensive mattress. It's something we like budgeted for and and saved up. And and it was like one of those things that you you have to have a family discussion about um, Mm. because this is a big, important decision. And I'm still pissed at myself for like not just pulling the trigger so many years ago. But here's the thing, Jen. I, on the other side of this, because I'm not involved in this and did not sleep in your old bed, I, on the other (laughs) hand, am just, I am only proud of you. That's it. (laughs) So so that helps any. Thanks. (laughs) I get that feeling all the time. Like, I just recently bought myself a pair of slippers, and as soon as I put them on, I was like, Jen, you're an idiot for giving these in March (laughs) and not in January. Like, come on. Of all the shelter-in-place advice that I have had been given and, like, taken and, like, oh, my gosh, that helps so much, one was wearing some kind of footwear in the house all the time, whether that's slipper or shoes, and the other is um, to wear my little jackets around the house, like my jean Ooh. jacket, because yeah. it makes me kind of feel like 
like I'm out, like I'm out of the house, but I'm not. Yeah, it's a little edged, your outfit. Yeah, that's that's good advice. Jen, speaking of... Uh, good you know, advice. Or, or even speaking of like advice about like buying a new bed and going to the podiatrist that will be com- that is completely irrelevant to teens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we talked about your foot and my back, and right? now we're about to talk to a high schooler. <laughs> but you know what? And you know, and I'm going to save this to the end. Okay, but there is some elderly advice that we can impart to this asker so they don't have to make the same mistakes that we did. But let's save that. Let's save that. Jen, would you like to read the question from Jay-Z? Yeah, I would love to. Okay, we're going to call this person Jay-Z, and their pronouns are she, her. Dear friendshipping, many of my friends who are in high school, like me, already see a therapist, but they still seem to have problems dealing with their emotions. For example, one of my friends goes to therapy for two hours twice a week, and I am so glad that she's getting the help she needs. However, when we hang out, she manages to make the conversation all about herself and her problems and her needs. It's like every time we hang out, she uses me as an additional support and considers me an extra therapist. A lot of our friends have also dealt with this issue, and I've noticed that many people have distanced themselves from her. On the flip side, Another issue in my life is that many of my friends desperately need therapy but simply don't have access to it because of their parents. Many adults look down upon therapy and believe that it isn't essential for a person, especially a teenager. There's a stigma behind therapy in the older generations. It sucks I have to see my friends suffer just because their parents refuse to take them to therapy. But obviously I can't really do anything for them since we are all minors. My questions to you are, how do I help someone who is already in therapy and needs additional support on top of that? How do I help somebody who needs therapy but can't get it? This is wonderful in that you seem to, you, Jay-Z, Asker, have such a knowledge base for mental health, which I don't think is very common in teens. And I imagine that it's more common for the current teen generation than it was for mine. But like, I am one of, when I was in high school, I would be one of your friends who actually asked for therapy and then did not get it. I actually asked a school counselor. And and they were like, no, like your problems aren't real. It is you're not you are 100 percent not imagining things. Adults can really suck in that regard. Adults can look at a teen's problems and say, well, you're not paying bills right now. So your problems are fake. And that's ridiculous. And Asker, you know that that is ridiculous. When people get therapy, when they get help for their problems early in, instead of just re-traumatizing themselves for years and years and years, now they have a toolbox to function within the world. And so I just want to start this off by saying that you are correct, dude. <laughs> like you are, you are correct for wanting care for all of your friends. And you're also correct that it's incredibly unfair, that it's not available um, to more people. And I mean, that's a really an enormous misfortune that is due to the lack of social safety net that we have because of capitalism. And and I almost said, well, fuck, but like this is a teen. You swear more than I do, teen. I'm going to say that. <laughs> well, fuck, teen. <laughs> like, you're right. Like, that's a big, huge problem that is not solvable on an individual level. So today what we're going to do is talk about the things that you can do as an individual. I can just feel that this asker is like really caring toward the people around her. And I, I also love that she's advocating for therapy. That is such it's a wonderful tool. And it's why we talk about it so much on the show. And I wouldn't have given therapy a try myself if I didn't hear a friend talking about it and making it sound like a normal part of their life and a normal part of healthcare. You use the word stigma around it, and you're right, there is, especially around therapy. People think therapy is just lying on a couch, uh, moaning about your dreams, uh, t- what your dreams could mean. 
or your mom to a psychiatrist. So therapy is, it's a path. It's a path. It's a tool. But it's not the only path. It's not the only tool. It's not the only way you can take care of yourself and of your mental health. I just want you, Asker, to remind yourself of that because I can feel like that you are taking on a lot here. I, I, I worry that you are taking on the responsibility of your friend's mental health onto your own shoulders. I worry that you are feeling single-handedly responsible for getting your friends to therapy. And that's untrue. I know you know that. But I also understand why you feel that way, because your friend's parents aren't, uh, are like a roadblock. Like they are being uh, an unfair obstacle in getting your friends uh, a resource. And that's really frustrating. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm not shocked that there are people around you who are in therapy. And I'm not shocked that there are people around you who are still not getting the help that they need, because there's so much wild shit happening like the pandemic which is making everybody fucked up and also you're a teen <laughs> that's relevant we never want you to feel like you are less of a person because you are younger but it is important to remember that you are a teen you are growing and we all are growing but you're growing real real fast right now you are still building a foundation of knowledge that you really need to function in the world well. So like high school is we're going to be making mistakes with our friends. We're going to accidentally say things and then, oh, OK, well, now I know better. Now I know how to do this. This is growing. Your brains are still growing. And occasionally your friends are going to do and say some real wacky shit. When I think back to my high school years, all I can think of is the wacky shit that I did and said, you know. But that provided me a foundation to be a healthier, functional adult. So this is not to say let's ignore that your friends need mental health help. This is to say that a little bit of wackiness is to be expected from teens. Because, my last point here, you are still awash in these new, fresh hormones that are still exciting to you. And they will make you and your friends make strange choices. All of these things together, the pandemic, your youth, the hormones, all of those things will alter the way you and your friends interact together. There is no universe in which you are going to get every single one of your friends in therapy and all of your relationships will be totally healthy and everybody will be emotionally sound. It's not going to happen. And <laughs> it's it never going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. And it's not just because it's high school. It's because it's, it's human beings. Human beings, as we continue to grow, we still bump into one another, make mistakes, learn, move on, become better. And, and you are just really deep into the middle of this process. So I guess what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to make is give yourself and your buds a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. But let's also talk about what your role is, what your actual role is as a friend and an individual. Like I said, I feel like you're taking on a lot here. You know, you see your friends are having a hard time and, and you know from experience that therapy is really helpful. You can't make anyone do anything ever. Right. <laughs> you can't force your friends to go to therapy and you can't force your friends' parents to fully understand it. And your frustration is so real and so valid. And it's very unfortunate that you, that you have to take that on on top of everything else. But do remember what it means to be a friend because a friend is not, is not a mental health professional. I think friends can do amazing things for each other for their mental health. If I didn't have friends, I wonder what my conversation with their with a therapist would look like. I would probably try to take my therapist and turn her into a friend or something weird like that. But friends are not therapists. So I want to talk about the friend that goes to therapy for two hours twice a week 
and still is venting yeah. to Jay-Z or Asker. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about that. So first, again, go back to what I said before, that we're all a little wacky when we are teens. And so accept that part of it is just that, is youth, is she's probably not even fully aware of the fact that she's dumping on you. It's probably after every three-hour dumping, venting conversation, she probably thinks to herself, man, Jay-Z is such a good friend. I'm sure she has no idea. It's kind of like when, and this happens really at every age group, when someone starts dating someone and they, it's all they talk about, it's because it's their current reality and they're not fully aware of what's coming out of their mouth. Everyone does this. Absolutely. And her current reality is she thinks about herself for a full two hours a week with a professional. It's 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 her main topic of focus is trying to straighten herself out. I have a few different tips that could help. We'll figure it. Let's see what works, you know. Um, so what we need to do is reestablish that you guys are friends and that you are not a mental health figure. And there are a few ways you can do that. So you can force the conversation to be a back and forth rather than a one direction conversation. So if she starts talking about her feelings, why not talk about yours, too? Don't just ask her follow-up questions about her situation, although that is part of a conversation, is asking follow-up questions, but also volunteer information about yourself. I'm not saying that it's your fault for not redirecting the conversation or something like that. It's more that I think this is a way that your friend can become more aware that the conversation had been one way previously. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, consider why she might be coming to you specifically for this help. Are you encouraging her in any way? Are you asking questions like, hey, how was therapy? Right. <laughs> or how Tell are you me feeling everything. today? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to do that. You can be a caring and supportive friend and not be the emotional dumping ground for this person. You can absolutely be both. Oh, man, I just had a really specific memory that I'd like to share. Oh, please. This is this is now tip three out of five. I'm just jamming it right in the middle. I forgot that when I was in high school, my best friend also like vented, you know, to me. And what I did, and I can't believe that I'm remembering this right now. So we had in my parents' house this big, gigantic, fluffy down comforter. And I started calling it the crap blanket. Because any time that my best friend wanted to talk about, like, our crap, we would wrap ourselves in the blanket. And so what that did is it created a specific space where we talk about our feelings. And so it didn't start bleeding over into other places because it's like, okay, we are doing tea and crap blanket today. I also did the thing that I mentioned earlier, which is I started uh, volunteering information about my emotions based on the understanding that she's my friend and she probably cares. Don't forget that your friend cares about your feelings. Um, and if you have a crap blanket, like maybe maybe make use of it. I love that idea. Or like, what's what's that thing that happens in groups sometimes where you, you, if you don't speak until you're given the ball or something? Like, is there yes. something visual you can do here that's like sweet and funny and, and loosens and shakes up the boundaries of the conversation a little bit? Like, okay, now it's your time to talk. Okay, now it's my turn. You know, <laughs> that might help. One other thing you can do is, I imagine you guys are hanging out distantly, possibly online. Put together some sort of activity instead of just a long call with nothing planned. Because when nothing is planned, she's going to fill in the void with the thing yeah. that she's thinking about right now, which is her, her journey in therapy. 
So watch a movie, play a game. We a couple episodes ago, uh, we link to in the podcast description a, a Twitter thread of a bunch of games you can play with your friends online. If you have something active to do, that will become the event rather than it becoming a venting session. Yeah, <laughs> That's so it. good. Turns <laughs> on you. fire. And you know, if you if you do if you do these these steps and and it feels a little clumsy for you to do. That's okay. Let's face it. This is kind of awkward. It's awkward that your friend is 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 continuing the, her therapy sessions with you. If you redirect the conversation, or if you introduce the crap blanket, and it feels a little weird, it's okay. You know, you're you're not the one creating the weirdness. You're trying to be a good friend and in kind of an uncomfortable situation. And speaking of that, you can also distance yourself or let this friend distance herself in turn. Sometimes a little distance, a little space, a little break is totally needed, totally fair. And uh, it doesn't mean you have to, you, you will turn on each other or that door is shut completely. Those are things you can do, but it doesn't sound like we, we need to, to, to worry about that right now. Um, it's okay to let a little space grow between you, especially because it sounds like she's deep in therapy and really working through some stuff. So it's okay if you both need to like, you know, catch up in a month, two months uh, after summer break, you know, something like that. Allow the distance to form if that's what's happening. Um, when I was a teen, um, as I mentioned, I was I was a weird teen. I was a mentally strange teen. You know, I had ADHD, anxiety, and depression, and I did not know any of those words <laughs> when I was 16. And I, like, lost friends, you know? I was the venter sometimes. And I found that that distance, you know, that loss changed my behavior. You know, I'm not saying remove yourself from people's lives the second they become inconvenient because that's that is not okay but it is okay for the friends that you've noticed who are distancing themselves from your friend i mean that makes sense you know like they, they can't handle it right now so they are creating some distance that distance may be healthy useful and productive um so if you end up needing distance too don't please don't you know, throw yourself on the chopping block for this this friend, you know? Yeah, it's okay to need a break from this friend. It's okay to protect your time and your energy. And I, I know you know that because we say that a lot in the show. <laughs> but but really, it really is. So let's go back to the 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 questions, the actual questions that they ask. Yeah, we got some, the questions in here are so good. So how do I help someone who is already in therapy and needs additional support on top of that? I would answer that question with more questions, as we tend to do. Ask yourself, why do you think that they need additional support and why is it your responsibility to provide it? You are, again, very literate mentally. You seem to be very emotionally aware, but you're a teen who is not a therapist. So it actually is not quite under your realm of control to say that they need additional support. And it is definitely not your sphere of influence to say that you are the one who should provide it. I think that we can point people towards resources. Perhaps there are books that helped you that you can recommend. Um, perhaps, uh, you know, school counselors, sometimes they, they don't suck. I, and I hear that they have gotten even better and better um, over the decades since I've been in high school. You can enlist the help of a trusted adult. I, I hope that you have some. That would be wonderful. Another question to ask yourself is what... What do you think your role is as a friend? You know, and it's not to be the person that fixes everything and makes their life 100% emotionally balanced and perfect because that's that's simply not possible. 
Yeah, it's like, are you making sure that you are sharing of yourself too? Are you having fun with your friends? Yeah. It's so funny because I, I am definitely identifying very strongly with this asker, um, like as in my personality in high school. And it could just be that I'm projecting on you because the only teen I know super well was me as a teen. However, <laughs> when I was one, I focused so much on being, I guess, like a host of people, you know, like I'd, ha- yep. I'd have my friends over for slumber parties, but I would never actually interact with them. I would just keep on bringing snacks down, you know, <laughs> like like that was not being a friend. That was being like a kind like a semi good. Uh, I, what would I even call that party planner? I don't know. Like that. That's not being a friend. Um, so remember, you know, you're a kid and you get to be that. Yeah, you can share parts of yourself. Your friendships can, of course, and will be complicated throughout your life, but they should also be fun and joyful. Your friends should, should take on some of your baggage, too, like the way you're taking on the baggage of your friends. Everything about this question is how can you help other people? And that's, that's wonderful. That's sweet. I, I really admire it when people put others first. I don't think everyone should do that all of the time, though. You know, like, are, are you doing OK? How are you doing? And also, bear in mind, you know, I noticed that your pronouns are she, her. So you're probably raised like as a a girl person. And people who are raised in that way tend to take on the work. They tend to want to help other people's feelings. They want to be helpful. They want to they want to do. But you are also a unique, interesting, worthy of of uh, protection and value person yourself. Um, And that person you can express yourself. You can share your thoughts and your feelings. Your friends want that too, you know. All right, the next part of this is how do I help someone who needs therapy but can't get it? The first Oof, half of rough. this is very similar to the answer to the last question, which is you are not qualified to judge whether or not somebody needs therapy. Because they, again, as Jen said before, there are so many different paths and there are so many different ways to get help. You also don't know that person's entire life and and the things that they are already doing to try and help with their mental health. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is something you can't really can't really influence. And you really can't insist that someone try therapy or go to therapy or go around their parents or you can't you can't overstep like that. And I know you know that. But remember that there are so many reasons why someone wouldn't or doesn't want to do therapy. Maybe they, they know a therapist in, in their own life, like a family member, and they, they don't like the, using that language or they, they have yeah. a, a maybe. Yeah. Oh, man. I, uh, um, I know someone who had a poor experience, not with a therapist, but with a different healthcare professional. And to this day, they are still pretty, I guess I want to say the word biased against uh, that profession. And uh, they know it's not fair. Like they know it's not fair that they paint all healthcare professionals in, of this genre in a certain way. But also that's that's their trauma talking and that's valid, too. So. um, So anyway, there are there are a lot of reasons why people uh, maybe don't want to follow your advice here. You know, even we Trin and I advocate for therapy, but we also advocate for taking care of yourself in whatever way you can. And it's more like we advocate for access to therapy. I wish everyone had access and I wish everyone could give it a try. I think everyone could benefit from it. But I would never insist that everyone needs it. I don't. I don't know how how I want to f- phrase this. I guess I'm saying is, um, don't go too hard on the therapy because I don't want you to accidentally make your friends think that it's the only way forward. They'll be okay without it. That was so good. Absolutely, you're totally right. So in conclusion, your friends are gonna act a little bit wacky for at least the next couple decades. Okay, <laughs> like. 
nobody fully grows their personality until they're like, what, 28, 35, something like that. Like, I mean, like you're, you're continually going to change and evolve and become better at this being a human thing. And when you're 15, 16, 17, 18, that you just haven't been a human that long, buddy. Uh, so give your friends a little bit of benefit of the doubt of they're, they're just trying to sort through their shit, you know? Um, and man, I give you all the high fives in the world for uh, wanting your friends to get the help that they need and for supporting your friends getting the help they need. But on the other hand, you got to bear in mind that you are not the qualified professional who can make that judgment for your friends. Exactly. You really can't. It's not your job, literally or figuratively. Take care of yourself. Take care of your friends. But remember that your friendships will be wacky. Okay. People are going to make mistakes and they're going to be stressed out. And one reason why is because high schoolers have to get up so damn early. Do you remember getting up super early for training? Why did I I get up at like 545 every day? And then I had like cross country practice after school. That's like a 12 hour day. And then I had like homework and and I needed a couple hours in there to like decompress on AIM. I just that's a long day. It is. We we put so much on teens and this very like crucial growing point. Dude, Jen, <laughs> I told you that like I uh I took extra school because I wanted to. Like oh, there's you know how there's like first hour, second hour, third hour. I took zero hour because I because <laughs> I just wanted to do more school for some reason, even though I skipped class all the time. I'm just like a bunch of contradictions. Uh, <laughs> the point that we're making here is, uh, man, you're doing great. And keep on this path, stay open, stay being this empathetic person that you are. Um, You're doing a great job, but also like allow your friends to sort themselves out too. You are an important and influential figure in in their life, but you are not the only one. Um, Jen, what if we close this out on some general advice from the elderly? If I could give my teen self advice, I would say, it's okay to break a couple rules. Like, yeah. <laughs> some rules, some rules are are okay to be broken. And uh, I look back on the times I broke the rules in high school with no regret. Just FYI, if you're a nerd, it's okay to break some rules. If you're a rule breaker, um, you're doing fine. <laughs> Jen, that's so funny because my advice was not going to be that sexy, but it reminded me of sexy advice, which is this: When I was in high school, I kissed everyone. It was great. <gasps> strongly. So like, obviously, COVID rules are a little bit different here. You know, like, I don't know how close you can get to another teen, like safely, but I don't regret making out with anybody, you know, like, uh, if anything, I I would have let more people feel me up, you know, because it's just like, like, and I'm not I'm not saying go out and be sexually promiscuous, because, you know, having sex that has its own like set of, um, of of dangers. But there's no you can't get in trouble just for like letting someone touch your boobs. Like, let them do it. Have yeah. a good time, buddy. Yeah, Trin and I want you to have a little more fun. We want you to have all the fun that we didn't have. <laughs> uh, so like one thing I did in high school was I was nerdy enough to be the editor in chief of the newspaper. But one thing I started doing my senior year was I would take my press pass and I would use it to just leave. I would be <laughs> like, I would be like, I have to go interview the mayor. And then I would just leave. And I've never interviewed the mayor, but I, 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 <laughs> I pretended to. So like, <laughs> and I have no regrets about that. Totally worth it. Oh, my God. Journalism bad boy Jen Bain. Just <laughs> bad to the bone. I fucking love it. Oh, man. The, so the actual advice that I was planning to give this person are the three things that, like, nobody can argue with, which is wear sunscreen, floss, and do stretches. Like, oh, that's, 100%. Do all like, those things. There's, there's almost zero advice that is universally applicable. 
But wearing sunscreen every day, like at least on your face, dude, flossing is so important and stretching, like keeping keeping those young limber limbs all limber. The word limb was used a lot yep, just now. Yep. Stay flexible. Stay flexible. So good. When you lean over your computer all night, every night, like I did um, in about 10 years, that will have an impact on you. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, my years of playing World of Warcraft did not do favors for my neck, back, or wrists, buddy. So, <laughs> And because, you know, hey, teen, teen of COVID times, you probably are spending even more time on the internet than me and Jen did, which is a, an incredible thing Woof. to even contemplate. So so do, do do your little stretchies. Do your do your wrist stretchies, Jay-Z. Do your whole thing. We are rooting for you, okay? When you're 35, you're going to be like so good at all this shit this being a person thing yeah you're a little warrior already i can tell love it all right has this been friendshipping yeah this has been friendshipping this has been friendshipping with jen and trin i don't know why i had to say it again like it's part of I the official it. ending you made um, it official that's how that's how we do if you would like to ask us a question or if you'd like to buy our book or if you'd like to review our book or if you'd like to see cute little pictures of us all of those things can be accomplished at friendshippingpodcast.com. If you fear websites and you would rather email us, you can do that too. Uh, email us your friendship questions at friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Ian Parman, for editing. Thank you, Monica Verma, for being our literary agent. Lauren Gallagher, thank you for the design work that you have done on this show. And Molly Lewis, creator and singer of our theme song, thank you so much for that as well. And hey, audience. Thanks for listening. And you're welcome for talking. Your friendship at the problem. There, you can also ask us questions for friendship advice. <coughs> there is an excuse me. Gesundheit. I don't. I shouldn't have done that because it, I, it wasn't picked up on this end. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 